Does life feel like driving a race car? Sometimes you go powerfully straight, reaching new limits, taking every curve smoothly, avoiding obstacles, and other times you spin out of control, come to a halt, the car's barely moving. I've learned that race car drivers trust their car, their wheels, their focus, and their voice. I'm Sylvie Leger. Welcome to the Trust Your Voice podcast. This is your pit stop to fine-tune your engines and put air in four wheels that keep us on the road. Your family of close relationships, your faith, your enterprise to live well, and your engagement in the community where you live. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Taylor Shanklin, who is going to help us take a breath, take a pause, and think about what truly matters in your life. Taylor is a TEDx speaker, also a podcast host and producer, and she's the owner of a branding and growth strategy firm called Barlele. I was so inspired by Taylor's TED Talk, Minimize to Maximize, and asked her to bring her story to the Trust Your Voice podcast today so that she could share it with our listeners. So welcome, Taylor. How are you today? Hey, Sylvia. I'm great. It's good to be here. Good to see you and good to talk to you. Yeah. Well, you know, let's get started right away. And um, I'd love for you to share kind of an event that impact your health and I think really uh, redirected your life and allowed you to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. I think oftentimes when we experience major health challenges, it's a time to pause, to think, to rethink how we're really approaching this world. And so I had a major health experience just a few years ago and was diagnosed with a couple of different autoimmune disorders. They often come in pairs. So if you have one autoimmune disorder, you often have two or three or more. And I'm now finding out I might even have more. So it's yet another you know time in my life where I'm like, okay, it makes you stop and pause again. A few years ago, I started having trouble with my vision and I just was not feeling right. And I knew something was up and wrong. I went to my regular eye doctor. You know, I thought maybe I had a detached retina or something with the kinds of symptoms that I was having. And she said, oh, your retina looks great. You're fine. You're just getting older, Taylor. You need reading glasses. (laughs) I was like, well, okay. Yeah, it's often that way, right? We minimize yes. what we're going through and because we don't, we just, that's what we do. We just don't right. think of the worst right. or. So I thought, okay, well, I'll get some readers and I'll, I'll see how this goes. And then the vision continued to get worse. And, you know, this is a moment where I'll say, stop and listen to your body because not every doctor sees everything at a service level. And there have been many times through this journey where I've been the one to have to push for my health, right? And ask deeper questions of my healthcare providers. And so at that point, I asked another doctor, told him about my symptoms, just a, a close family friend. And he said, you should go see a specialist something's wrong, you know, if you're having that sort of vision loss. So I went to an eye specialist and he looked at my eye and also said, your retina looks great. It's super healthy, but you might have a mess or you might have lupus or you might have a whole host of other autoimmune issues that I often see in, in women in your age. And that took me down the initial path to diagnosis. It was something I wasn't expecting at all. I thought, I'm going to have to have retina surgery. Like I was gearing up mentally for that, you know, thinking there was something wrong just in my eye. 
but finding out, no, this is a deeper, more systemic issue. And there's, it's been a roller coaster. I've been in way more doctor's offices than I would ever hope anyone would ever have to be in. But I will say it's also made me stop and value my life and what I have and the good moments. And it's made me really think a lot more about how like the time we have here is really precious and it's really fleeting. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I, t- I can totally relate. And I think that's what really uh, spoke to me in your podcast and your TED Talk, because the same thing happened to me just a few months ago, where all of a sudden I, uh, I had a major pain in my hip atrocious pain and to find out that I needed a hip replacement that in five weeks the cartilage in my joint disappeared when I was perfectly fine training for a marathon you know fitness really defined who I was and all of a sudden that was taken away from me and you kind of have to you're forced to slow down and you also have to learn to redefine yourself around different parameters and you have to see the positive I think when something happens to your health you have to try to see the positive through the suffering and then through it, because it's the only way to make it through, right? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, it's interesting in how much more positively I actually look at life now, even though I have to deal with big things a lot, you know, and I have chronic pain from my condition. So I ended up being diagnosed with something that's got a terrible name. It's called ankylosing spondylitis, and it's a rheumatic condition where, you know, I have There's a lot of arthritis and inflammation throughout my body all the time. And sometimes I feel great and I'm totally fine and normal. And other times I can barely move my hand or I wake up and my knee just like won't move and it's hard to walk. And so I run into all of these things. And maybe one of the hardest things is that I don't know when a flare up, it's called a flare up, is going to hit, right? So it's, I'm kind of in this constant mindset now where I'm like, well, if I feel good, you better do something with it, Taylor. <laughs> go out, walk, go ski, go ride your bike, do something. Because those other days are going to come when I'm feeling bad. And I've learned to actually... Seize the day, right? Seize the day so much more. And it's interesting because like, I'm actually living a lot more happily. And I have found joy. This sounds masochistic, but I've found a little bit of joy in like the misery because of what it's shown me about the bigger picture in life. Yeah, that's right. When you know it can be taken away, I think like you pray for joy to be in your heart and then to move forward and you see things differently. And I think you're a branding specialist. I think the the other hesitance when something major happens in your life is, are you going to let that define you, be your brand, and maybe that is your calling because you want to bring awareness to it, or are you going to define yourself differently? And talk a little bit about branding because that's your profession and your specialty. And, and so how, how do you you define branding and and especially how, how do we should think about our personal brand and why it's important to actually think about it and have one? Yeah, I think everybody has a personal brand. I think a, a brand is how you memorialized in other people's minds. I think a brand is the perception that you paint for people. Who are you? How do you show up in other people around you? And whether it's your personal brand and your, you know, for your business or even just in your personal life and how people see you and perceive you. And so for me, it's not something my, I speak about it very openly to bring awareness about it, but mostly 
to show people how to persevere and push through challenge, you know, not to be like, well, I'm just going to talk about this disease all the time and not to let that define me, but more to say, you know what? Everybody has challenges. This just happens to be mine, but everybody runs into different challenges. And I think it's how do you push through those challenges? So I like to speak about this from that perspective to help others and whatever their challenges to learn how to see the beauty in challenge and what it can do for you when you learn how to push through it. Yeah, it seems like your brand is, if I had like just hearing you talk and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I feel like your brand is about joy and also perseverance. And I don't know if you have another qualifier that would describe who you are. Yeah. So when you think about either branding from a company perspective, if you're a nonprofit organization, if you're working on a personal brand, it's just how do people remember you when you're not there? How do they perceive you? How are you showing up for the rest of the world to experience you? Yeah. Perseverance. That's probably a good one. Yeah, perseverance is probably a good one. And I think the, the other thing that it brings you when you have a major, when you face a major challenge that really derail you or take you on a life detour, I think you rethink of the definition of success. And in your podcast, you say, you know, the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born and what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society in which upward mobility is possible for everyone. And the American dream is believed to be achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, hard work, rather than by chance. So share with us, you know, your definition of success and, and how should we go about redefining success and perhaps redefining what the American dream is? Mm, that's a good question. I would say my definition of success is figuring out what's right for you and living out that way, right? So I think that there's a lot of I think Americans have a lot of grit and the American dream was born in a lot of grit. And that's a good thing. I like grit, taking risks, striving for something greater for yourself. I think what's unfortunate is that it's turned into, this is just my perception, it's turned into having more of everything, right? More consumerism is sort of, the skewed version of the American dream, the bigger car, the better restaurant, the fancier clothes, all of those things I think have been skewed into what the American dream oftentimes is seen of in terms of what does success mean. But I think success is really about, are you doing the kind of work that makes you happy? Are you feeling fulfilled? I don't think everything needs to add up to you know, this kind of level of consumerism that I think is often just misunderstood as success. Yeah. And I think like success needs to be defined. It's our own definition of success and you have to, and it takes a lot of courage. And I think that's a, the purpose, you know, of my book, Trust Your Voice is trusting your voice because it requires you to also have confidence in who you are, what's your definition of success and how you can express yourself as this is how I define success and this is what is important to me. Yeah. Are you spending time on the things that make you smile, right? Going back to that element of joy, like, are you doing things that are bringing joy into your life? Or are you just in the rat race because you think that that's success? And I say that from experience. I've been there in the rat race before where I thought 
I had to work this much and make this much money and drive this kind of car. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And when you come out of that and you realize, oh, there's actually a lot of other things that could make me happy, even more happy. That's when you reach this next level, I think, of understanding what success actually is. It's how how are you showing up for yourself to live the kind of life that you want to live and not what you think society is saying you need to do or you know, you're doing because of some shame or judgment or fear of what my mom thinks I need to do to be successful. Right. There's also, I think it's healthy to think of our life as many chapters. And I think you can write different chapters where one chapter may be what you should do, right? You should be financially independent. You should pursue a career. You should, you know, there are things, there's a chapter of of should. And then that allows you through those experiences. Sometimes it really allows you to actually figure out, well, okay, what's going to be the next chapter of things that are really important that bring me joy, that that fill my cup, that energize me. And, and I'm able to do it because of those other experiences. I think we can always we can't always fall necessarily. We need to look at life as terms of of just this journey, right? A journey that that yeah. changes and takes detours and it's okay. And and uh, I think it was Steve Jobs said, you know, it's not about like connecting the dot forward. Sometimes it's stopping and looking back and seeing how all the dots connect backward and take you to a place where you feel like, you know what, this is what it was all about. Everything that I did, all the hardship I went through, all of the should that I did, now it's this is this is who I am. This is my success. Now I define it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you about chapters. And I also will say like what I'm saying about I decided success isn't for me doesn't mean that that's not for someone else. Maybe somebody else does find that they find success in working a lot, right? I like to work a lot, but I've also learned that I'm like, well, I like to work a certain amount. And then I like to go outdoors a certain amount too. And so again, it's really just about a personal definition of success and not just what, you know, society says success is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like you've defined like some steps, right? That you call like minimize to maximize and you kind of give people a method to identify what is and be comfortable with what fills their cup and what is success for them. So share a little bit about that. Sure. So I came up with this idea of minimize to maximize about how to minimize the the stuff in your life that's just weighing you down, that's not giving you oxygen so that you can maximize in the areas of things that do, right? So you can spend more time on the things that do give you fulfillment. Now, there's some things in life that just have to get done because they have to get done. Like I have to do my laundry. I don't like doing my laundry, but I have to do it, right? So it's not something I can just throw out the window. And so I came up with this framework for putting things into three buckets, right? Just to keep it simple, because I like the rule of three. I think it's hard to think beyond three things. (laughs) So do you do it? You know, like start making a list about things that are filling up your time and your space, right? When you look at that list of things, is it something that you have to keep doing because you love it and you want to do it? Is it something that you need to get done, but maybe you can delegate it, right? So do it or delegate it. Or is it something that is completely sucking you dry that doesn't actually need space in your life? and you drop it, right? You just get it out of your life. 
And this framework of do it, delegate it, drop it, it can be applied to work, relationships, chores, a lot of different things. And a lot of people have a hard time delegating, right? You think you have to take it on all yourself. And I think it's part of also trusting yourself and trusting others. And you need to surround yourself with people that you could trust so you could delegate it. It doesn't mean that you don't care, right? It just means that you are giving an opportunity to someone else to, to do it, that might, they might do it better, and it frees you up to do something else that perhaps gives you more energy or that you're better at. Exactly. I mean, you can even think of something as as simple as picking up takeout for dinner, as delegating it. You know, like, well, I need to do something else today. I'm going to go give this business money and they're going to cook me a great dinner. (laughs) Right. So that can be a form of delegate. Hi, Sylvie here. Are you ready to trust your voice? I've got something just for you. Get your copy of my newest book, Trust Your Voice. In the book, I give you big ideas, practical steps to gaining confidence so that you can take on new challenges in your life and trust your instincts and your own voice. You can find it on Amazon.com and feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and Instagram if you have questions, feedback about the book or this show. Now let's get back to the episode. The hard part for me is to drop it, right? How do you say no? That's really about saying no. And and that's really hard. And especially, I think, I think sometimes women have even a hard time to say no and not take on more at work and in life and the community in general. And that's the hard part. And it's really hard to say, no, you know, this does not fit my priorities this year, this quarter, this cycle. Or asking someone, well, something else would have to be dropped. So how do you handle that? How do you decide or how do you say it? It's not, it's, you can decide, but then to say it, even to decide it, I think, to drop it is a hard. Oh, it's absolutely the hardest. I mean, doing it is one of the easiest ones, right? Delegating it is a little harder. And then drop it is very hard. And it's hard depending on the situation. Again, if it's something that is like a toxic relationship, that can be hard to drop right? If it's something that is something you're doing at work and you feel like you need to keep doing it, but you're you're trying to drop it, that can be really hard. This is where I would say grit comes in. And I think I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it's easy. Just drop it. No, like it's, I'm glad that you're saying, hey, this is hard. It pushes you to define, like, what are your priorities? What are your values? First off, what are your values under which you operate? And and therefore, what is important to you? And then what are your priorities? What are the goals that you want to accomplish at this time? Whether it's this quarter, this year, you know, it's good to think I feel in 90 days cycle because things change so much. It's like, what do you want to accomplish and where does it fit in? And then to develop a language to be able to say, well, right now, this is not something for which I have the bandwidth, but let's revisit. Maybe let's stay in touch or let's revisit in the next quarter. And maybe you do carve out the time. So I think it requires this drop it action requires you to have a little bit more planning. And again, like to trusting, trusting yourself and trusting others that you will not be rejected forever because you're saying no, because there's also this fear of rejection or disappointment. And that's not the case. People understand. People tell me no all the time. And I get it. I don't mind. It's it's okay. So I think you have to understand that as well. So it requires a lot of self-confidence is what it is. 
Absolutely, it does. And I would say it also, it requires, you know, not just self-confidence, but I think discipline, you know, and that's one of the hardest parts about it is, yeah, which, which is hard. So like, it is something that's a practice saying no, in my opinion, just like if you're into meditation or something that you practice, saying no is a practice. You need to have a little jar of paperclip that you fill with paperclips every time you say no and you get a little reward when you get three or five or something. <laughs> so it's, it's really hard. So Taylor, what's your second step in minimizing yes. to maximizing? Okay, so once you've figured out, you know, how what to do, what to delegate and what to drop, then it's really like the next step is leaning into being authentic in yourself, showing up as your authentic self. Doing those other things helps you get to where I think you can actually start living out in a more authentic way, right? So if I'm practicing saying no, I'm getting better at doing the things that are right for me that are authentic me. Right. And so it's really about, and again, that's where Sylvie, you mentioned confidence. Confidence does come into play. It's a journey to get there. Like I think minimize to maximize is a journey. I'm constantly evolving on it. I don't always practice what I preach because I'm human. And sometimes I still say yes to things that I shouldn't. Then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not being authentic to the practice. Yeah, I feel like being authentic also is knowing your strength and your weaknesses, right? It's also accepting human nature and the features of human nature. And that's one of the topics that it covers, like trusting the human, the features of human nature. Like you just have to accept it. You know, you might really enjoy competition. You might have a hard time having feeling some empathy, but you need to recognize that. You might have a tendency to groupthink. You might you just have to recognize what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, so that you can be your authentic self and you can be okay with it. And there's different ways of doing that. There's a lot of tools out there that can help you define your strengths and, and weaknesses. But it's a hard concept. And it's a hard concept even like to be your authentic self. I remember reading and he hearing Brene Brown speak and it took me a really long time to get it to just understand yeah. what that meant. It means walking the talk, saying saying what you think, thinking what you say. That's at the basic, but then you have to you have to realize, well, what is who am I? Like what what is the authentic me? I have a Venn diagram for it that I came up with because I agree. Like this was a concept also I got onto from Brené Brown, and then I started really thinking about it and like trying to digest it and think, what Okay. Kind of a nebulous concept. Like what does it really mean? So I, you know, sort of thinking about words and trying to define this thing. And the way that I define it is I think it's a, it's a combination of originality, knowing that you're original and unique and you have unique strengths and weaknesses, exactly what you said, being really clear with yourself about what those strengths and weaknesses are and then showing up with conviction every day and how you live about who you are, how you're original and leaning into your strengths and weaknesses. And so when I think about your authentic self, like it's really in like trying to put a pin in it and define it. That's what I think it is. I think it's the marrying of all of those three things that have to work together. 
And I think like your last step, right, is, is, and you alluded to that earlier, is that this takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. And uh, I call it like trusting the process. You have to trust that if you adopt this process, well, it's going to work. Your life, you will lead a, a richer life. You will find your definition of success and you will just develop a deeper, more meaningful relationship. And, and at the end of the day, just lead a really satisfying life. But you have to trust the process. And that's, that's also something that's, that's really hard because we want things to be changed right away. I think that's one of the lessons of struggling with a health issue. Like I know I'm going through, I used to be 100 miles an hour training for all sorts of things, seven days a week, going all out. I'm a huge like fitness addict. And now I just have to trust the process that through PT, through slower exercise too, I will get better, but it's going to take a while. And, I, and so that's part of it. And I think that's one of the things you learn when, when you deal with a health issue. And, and it's directly applicable to your everyday life, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I trust the process. I say enjoy the journey. It's a thousand steps to get there to a big goal. And even if you just make one tiny bit of progress every day, you're leaning into the process and you're allowing yourself to grow slowly. You know, I'm dealing, like I said, I think I mentioned another health, you know, I'm going through all this other testing because they're trying to see if now I have this other autoimmune disorder and tomorrow I've got to go get yet another test done. And the last three months of my life have been tons of tests and tons of doctor's offices and it's not fun. And I'm trying to remind myself to slow down and yes, trust the process of this, but also take time for myself to be okay with just doing a little bit at a time. You know, if I can't, I think I, I told my husband recently, I'm like, okay, I think I want to train for a half marathon because I haven't done anything endurance wise in a while. And, you know, like I should do that by May, you know, now I'm having to slow myself down and saying, how about I just go on a walk? You know, I, I was uh, just sharing with someone I had this um, when I was going through this leg issue, I, I had a mobility issues. I made these little words project bracelet. My daughter gave me one saying it gets better. And then I got another one. Someone gave me one that says, you've got this. And then I made one for myself because one of my friends who's paraplegic said, embrace the sucks. And sometimes I made a little bracelet that says it sucks because you just have to embrace like things are not going well right now, but it will get better. And then you've got this, right? It will. And you just have to kind of trust the process that if you decide what to do, what to delegate, what to drop, if you bring your authentic self to everything that you do, if you take the time to define what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, who you are, and then things will get better, but you have to trust it. So I'd like to conclude our conversation with a quote that I know you like. And I also feel is really insightful is a Buddha is a quote from the Buddha. It says, the mind is everything. What you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. And I think this is something to a great way to kind of end our conversation. Maybe you have like some additional thoughts on how you came across this quote and what it means to you. I was reading that quote in a book. My son one day very randomly said, hey, mom, I want to learn about Buddhism. And I thought, okay, let's get a book on Buddhism, you know, and I'm happy for you to explore that. And then I started reading the book with him too. And that quote really sat with me and it sat with me and 
again, going back to this definition of like your version of success, I think it's like in your mind, what you get to choose, you know, what you create for yourself in terms of your mindset. And I think mindset is a very powerful thing. And that's something that I like about reading some things from Buddha is about, I think we have a lot more control over our mindset than we often let ourselves believe. And if you really tap into your mindset and say, you know what, I can either choose, I could choose to be down in the dumps about my health issues and I could choose to just let myself go. But I've chosen to be proactive and to take care of it and to just tackle it all head on. And so I don't know, that's just something that really sits with me. I think a lot of times we think that we don't have as much control over our mindset and and our feelings and our thoughts and how we approach the world. And we really, we really do, but we have to give ourselves the space to think about it. Yeah, we do. There's, um, and I just like one, one thought is, you know, one prayer that I would say, you know, every, every day is that there is a purpose for whatever pain comes my way. And uh, you have great plans to use it for my eternal good. So to keep that in mind also when we're going through a hardship sometimes is helpful to make it through. But so, well, you know, Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. And I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. And thanks for the, thanks for the time to talk about this stuff. Thank you for joining me, Sylvie Legere, on my podcast, Trust Your Voice. I hope that this episode brought you a new way to think about your voice, how to trust yourself, how to use your voice for the good in your life and in your community. If you like the podcast, be sure to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. À bientôt.